Hey now, Josiah Gray is an all-star for your Washington Nationals, but not only do we just have one all-star, we have one of the biggest snubs in this year's all-star game, at least for now. We're going to discuss that after this. You are Locked On Nationals, your daily Washington Nationals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by Ibotta. Ibotta gives you cash back on hundreds of grocery items from produce to personal care to pantry goods so you can make sure you're beating inflation no matter what you're purchasing. Right now, Ibotta is offering our listeners $5 just for trying Ibotta by downloading the free Ibotta app and using code MLB. And thank you guys for making Locked On Nationals your first listen every day as we are free and available wherever. You get your podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Clary. And for the everydayers out there, you know where to find me, Ryan Clary 11 over on Twitter. You can follow the show page at LO underscore nationals as well. On today's show, it is MLB draft week, which is the best time of the season for your Washington Nationals. We're going to get in to breakdown starting today with outfielder Dylan Cruz, who in my mind is the pick for the Nationals at number two overall coming this Sunday. We're going to break down Dylan Cruz a little bit later on in the show, but it's a Monday. It is a national stock report day. Who's been hot? Who's been not? I'm going to get to you that as that is your quickest and easiest way to catch up on all individual performances as far as the Nationals go. But let's start out with Josiah Gray being nominated into the All-Star game, representing the Nationals in the National League up in Seattle coming this next week. And guys, Josiah Gray, if you look at the numbers and what he has done so far this season, he is by far and away the most deserving pitcher on this roster. And when we talk about starting pitching, getting in the nod to be in this all-star game with a loaded National League with guys like Justin Verlander and Max Scherzer, Clayton Kershaw, all these different big name pitchers. You have Josiah Gray in his second full season as a major leaguer is an all-star. And not only going to mention that Josiah Gray, the struggles that he has had over the last year and a half, this year and what he has done and the jump that he has made has been unprecedented. Let's just set the stone there. Because Josiah Gray, while I like the guy, I love the way he pitches, I did not expect this big of a jump, especially considering what we saw just last year, leading the National League in walks, leading Major League Baseball, and home runs given up. This guy has done a complete 180 heading into 2023, and he absolutely deserves this all-star nod. This is from the Nationals PR, but just kind of give this a thought when talking about Josiah Gray. Again, from Nationals PR, Josiah Gray ranks second in all of Major League Baseball and is currently in the top five in Nationals history with a 2-3-9 road ERA so far this season. He has allowed three earned runs or fewer in 10 of his 11 road starts while posting a 4-3 and record along the way. And again, that's from Nationals PR. And guys, Josiah Gray and what he has done, not only has it been an impressive feat on the road, but what this guy has just done as a whole, taking a complete 180 this season after giving up all those home runs and walks in the years prior. You've seen him hone in on the pitcher that he is. 
Because over the last year and a half, the bad years from 2021 all the way until 2022, this guy was a fastball pitcher. He was a fastball dominant pitcher, and that's the way that he wanted to get out. Over in the offseason, he acknowledged that he's got to work on his other stuff, his secondary pitches. And that is what we have seen from Josiah Gray, as his arsenal is one of the better ones out there. It's one of the deeper ones in the National League. And what he has shown us so far this season is that he has kind of recreated himself the way that Steven Strasburg did back in the 2010s. And if you may not know this, Steven Strasburg, obviously you know the prospect that he was throwing 99 to 100 back at San Diego State. But you didn't see that. He recreated himself, and he became the guy who is known for his changeup. The guy who's known for a pretty nasty curveball. That's what Steven Strasburg was, and really what honed in on him was his command. And now you're starting to see the same with Josiah Gray, someone who was getting out with his fastball. That is what got him all the way up in those prospect rankings back in 2021. It wasn't for his nasty secondaries. Obviously, those were good. But what he was doing was getting swings and misses on his fastball. Kind of similar to the way that Sean Doolittle has been so successful throughout his career. He had his niche. His niche was a high fastball that he's going to get you missing and swinging on. That's kind of what Josiah Gray was. And then he's transformed himself this season into really honing in on those secondary pitches adding all these different scenarios, and you're seeing him use his slider, his slurve a lot more. All these different things that Josiah Gray has done so far this season has paid off for him, and it's been a dramatic payoff to say the least because now he is representing your Washington Nationals in an all-star game, and honestly, he was the most well-deserving pitcher in this organization that deserved that. But the other question is, was he the most deserving player? We're not going to answer that question. That's up for the voters to decide. But I think the Nationals got snubbed of one guy. You may ask who that is. I say outfielder Lane Thomas. Now, while the voting and the picking and everything, it's still not done yet. This roster is not set. People will drop out and people will decide not to play in this game. But the numbers of Lane Thomas so far this season have indicated that not only is this guy an all-star, He is a slam dunk all-star kind of guy. And we saw yesterday, you can always pinpoint, and it's always the bad teams that get the raw end of this deal. When you have a guy who's been statistically an all-star and much, much more, you usually get snubbed from that all-star treatment because you have someone from the Arizona Diamondbacks, Lourdes Gordiel Jr. We saw him the other day, very good baseball player. Not only does Lane Thomas have a higher batting average, He's got to hire everything. He's got more home runs. He's got a higher war. He's got a higher on base, a higher slug, more hits, more home runs. Say it, just Lane Thomas is better statistically than that. And also talking about the outfield and their defense, Lane Thomas is also the better defender in my mind. Lane Thomas is the biggest snub of this all-star game. And while I'm guaranteeing you there's going to be 29 other locked-on podcasts that are coming on today to say, My guy is the biggest snub of this All-Star game. We all have it. We all have this issue. Now, is there ever going to be a fix? No, because the All-Star game at the end of the day doesn't really mean that much. While, yes, you do get a little star next to your baseball reference page. That's really cool. While you do get recognized as one of the game's best to do it, that's really cool, and these players don't take it for granted. 
but it also is kind of a joke when you don't have someone like Lane Thomas, who's been one of the better corner outfielders in all of baseball, forget the National League, in all of baseball this year. And the way that he has hit since the start of the month of May, how can you tell me that this guy is not an all-star? How can you tell me that this Lane Thomas right here and the story and everything that has come with him so far this season, the jumps and the leaps that he has made to get the spot where he is right now, is not an all-star. That is incredible to me. And I say this every year. It is a popularity contest that you all know about. We know this. Anthony Rendon, for years, couldn't get into the all-star game, even though he was one of the better third basemen in the National League. Trey Turner. Juan Soto back in 2018. All these different guys who should be all-stars year in and year out for these not these New York market teams or or Atlanta, where they have 10 billion all-stars every single year. Philly. It's kind of a joke, and I'm just tired of it in general, that this popularity contest is what's driving this all-star game. It ain't for me. I want the best players out there. I don't care how big their name is. I don't care about how bad their team is. It's about individual success, not about team success to make an all-star game. One guy can't be pulling you to the finish line in the postseason. Not how this game works. That's why they have to start singling out these individual performances and getting the guys who actually deserve to be in the All-Star game to get that spot, just like Lane Thomas should have. But congratulations to Josiah Gray. He absolutely deserves it. This is not a knock on Josiah. Again, he is an All-Star. He's pitched like it, and he's earned this every opportunity that he's going to be getting throughout the next few years so shout out Josiah Gray really happy for him and again all-star man it's awesome the Nationals play the Reds tonight at 6 10 eastern time you can catch that game in every pitch in the Nats hometown broadcast with Sirius XM on the SXM app just search Nationals there so it's Monday it's a National Stock Report Day you know what that means who's hot and who's not but then also later on We're going to break down Dylan Cruz, who I believe at this moment right now will be your Washington Nationals draft pick come this Sunday. This Sunday. I'm going to tell you guys about all of that and more. But before we do that, I got to tell you guys about our friends over at Ibotta. And picking up burgers and hot dogs for a summer barbecue, you know you're already doing it. So why not get cash back for it with Ibotta? It's officially summer and a new season means new clothes, but your closet shouldn't be the only new thing growing when you make these purchases. Now you can also watch your cash back grow with each purchase with Ibotta. Ibotta gives you cash back on hundreds of grocery items from produce to personal care to pantry goods so you can make sure you're beating inflation no matter what you're purchasing. Either link your loyalty account or upload your receipt after you shop and get your cash back. It's that easy. Right now, Ibotta is offering our listeners $5 for just trying Ibotta using the code MLB. Again, using the code MLB when you register. Just go to the App Store or Google Play Store and download the free Ibotta app and use code MLB. That's I-B-O-T-T-A in the Google Play or App Store and use code MLB. And now we get into a national stock report as the Nationals were very good over the last week or so, going 6-3 and three on this nine-game road trip, winning all three series, and just getting 
really good baseball, really productive baseball out of all the guys. So let's start out with a stock up for Stone Garrett. And Stone Garrett yesterday carried the Nationals to a victory, kind of like what he has done time and time again up to this point. And in his in his last 33 at-bats, this guy has been one of the hottest hitters on this Nationals team. I've talked about with Stone Garrett, why he's gotten some stock downs in the previous past. When you're a power hitter, I need you to hit for power. That's what Stone Garrett has done so far over the last 33 at-bats for him. He has a 545 slugging percentage with a 935 OPS. He's got two home runs, eight RBIs, and most importantly in my mind, that's caught my attention, seven walks to 10 strikeouts. Now, while that's not incredible, it's still pretty good for what he has done. He's drawing walks. He's being pitch selective on guys like we saw yesterday against the Phillies. He needs to find his stuff. And when he finds his stuff to hit, he takes it a long way. That's why Stone Garrett gets a stock up from your boy because he has been good. And he has turned it around over the last few weeks. When he gets consistent at bats, that's what we kind of like to see from Stone Garrett. Speaking of outfielders, stock down for Derek Hill. Now, while people should not be mad at Derek Hill, people should not be throwing a temper tantrum over Derek Hill. The expectations for Derek Hill was to be a minor leaguer this year in AAA who's been very productive down there, who could come up and maybe catch some shine here in the major leagues with the Nationals. It hasn't happened. And to be honest, I don't really think it will happen up to this point. Because so far in his 41 at-bats, he just simply does not stand out. And I look at this, he does not really hit in for average. He's got a 146 batting average in those 41 at-bats so far this season. And he just hasn't really stood out to me. The fielding hasn't been atrocious. hasn't been amazing. It's been solid at best, you could say. But he's just not sticking out to me. And I look at someone like an Alex Call who has provided some depth for this team. And I do think he's probably the one to make the call and get Alex Call up to the big leagues again. Stock up, second baseman, Luis Garcia. Luis Garcia, while I'm going to take this trip down a different avenue than what I usually go for this stock report. I usually talk about offense on this lot. While Luis Garcia hasn't been bad in his last 60 at-bats, a 708 OPS and eight RBIs, but he needs to be recognized for his glove and what he has done. I think Luis Garcia is starting to establish himself as an elite defensive second baseman we've seen him make some really nice throws this year but what's been most impressive is his gloves and the way that he has been getting to the ball and really flipping it over to CJ or Ildemaro whoever is up the middle with him Luis Garcia has kind of established himself as a very good defensive second baseman and while that's maybe not the most valuable thing out there when you have a young tandem like CJ Abrams and Luis Garcia it's good to see strides from both of them because we saw Garcia at shortstop last year and a little portion of 2021 as well. It really wasn't that good. You could kind of see that this guy was not a big league shortstop. But since he made that transition full-time over to second base this season, and since C.J. Abrams got moved over to shortstop last year, it's been a very good defensive watch for him. And this guy is starting to really make the easy plays and make all the simple plays that he should over at that second base position. So Luis Garcia, while the bat hasn't been amazing this year, while it hasn't been all that consistent, his defense has taken a huge step up, and he has been a huge help on the defensive side of things for the Washington Nationals, as we saw multiple times over this last week. 
for the guys there. Stock down for my guy, Mackenzie Gore. Mackenzie Gore, listen, again, no one should be concerned. No one should be upset. He's a young buck in the major leagues, and all he has done so far this season is pitch well, minus his last three starts. Over his last three starts, he's got 13 earned earned runs. He's got seven walks and 13 and two-thirds innings pitch. And what most importantly, in my opinion, is the slugging percentage against him. Hitters are doing 579 slugging against Mackenzie Gore so far. Mackenzie Gore, no one should be mad. No one should be pissed. No one should be afraid of what's happening here. He's a young pitcher who needs to figure it out. He needs to throw more strikes. He needs to find his command. But most importantly, in Saturday's ball game, what I saw from Mackenzie Gore, while this may be a tough guy thing, this may be something that you just don't really point out, and that's just fine. But what I saw from Saturday with Mackenzie Gore is he had that mental error where he should have been over at first base covering when that ground ball was over to Dominic Smith. He wasn't there. And after that, the tires fell off. Everything fell off from there. And it really wasn't his A game up to that point. But he's got to just stay relaxed out there. There's a fine line between being that competitive and energetic Max Scherzer, but there's that line that you could cross and it kind of just being a hindrance to yourself and really just holding yourself back. I think Mackenzie Gore is a young guy. He's going to get it together, and he's going to see that he needs to stay as level as possible out there because that's what most starting pitchers do to begin with. But I love the competitiveness. I love the energy out there from Mackenzie Gore. If he doesn't need to change a thing, he shouldn't. But that's just from what I saw in my little takeaway from Saturday's blowup. It hasn't been his best performance over the last few games here. But Mackenzie Gore, you should not be worried. Just get back on track. Take a day off even. That's what I've been thinking. Mackenzie Gore should have a day off heading into this All-Star break because he did have that little blister on Saturday, supposedly. Take the day off. Get the extra week and a half of rest. And get ready for a healthy second half because that's what's most important with Mackenzie Gore as far as this season goes. Stock up for the Nationals bullpen. We've talked about Jordan Weems. We've talked about Kyle Finnegan, Hunter Harvey. These guys in the back end of the bullpen have actually been very good as of recent. And also, shout out to Jose Ferrer. Came up from AAA while he's still young and he really kind of struggled so far this season. Through two appearances with the Nationals, He's been very good, and the Nationals have needed this lefty out of the bullpen for quite some time now. Obviously, you start with Anthony Banda. That did not work out. That was a disaster for this Nationals team. But this Nats bullpen, they figured it out. They've started to put together some really solid performances, and I'm really impressed with this young lefty, Jose Ferrer. I like his stuff. I like his swing and miss potential, and I think he's going to be here to stay for a good while, I hope. I don't think we're going to be trading him away. I certainly don't think we'll be sending him down to AAA anytime soon. This guy is a big league reliever, and I think the Nationals have kind of found the back end of that rotation, or of that bullpen, rather, and they've worked it really well. And Davey Martinez and all the staff there, they've done a solid job over the last few weeks. So shout out to the Nationals bullpen there. But the biggest story of the week, everybody, it is MLB Draft Week. With MLB Draft Week, you know what it comes? It comes rumor season. All these different things that will be going into the Nationals and all these different rumors that are flying around. So it's time to break down 
the number one prospect in my order, Dylan Cruz, the outfielder from LSU. And I do believe at this moment, July 3rd, 2023, Dylan Cruz by Sunday at 9 p.m. will be a national going forward. I'll explain that after this. And now we get back into it as Locked On Nationals here. Host Ryan Clary is going to break down Dylan Cruz from Louisiana State University. And as I've said, Dylan Cruz is the best prospect in this year's draft. You can make the case for his teammate Paul Skeens. You can. But not this guy. Not this guy. And the way that I evaluate and what the way that I look at these guys, what is the biggest impact in your opinion? Think about that for just a second. What is the biggest impact that you can get? Is it, is it a front-of-the-line starter for years to come? Someone who can throw 100 miles per hour. Someone who's got an elite slider. Someone who has change-up and a good feel for the strike zone. Or is it someone who is a center fielder, who is an above-average glove, who is a way above-average hit tool. Someone who has above-average power and is really just a five-tool talent in general. While Paul Skeens, he's certainly generational in my mind. But I think people are forgetting about Dylan Cruz, who also could be generational in my mind. This guy is a five-tool talent. That is what it is for this Nationals team. He is a five-tool legit talent. You cannot pass on that in an MLB draft, especially when it is a college player who will be up in the big leagues within the next year or year and a half even at max. Dylan Cruz is that guy. When I look at Dylan Cruz, I see a lot of similarities to a right-handed Corbin Carroll. Seriously, that's what I see. And if you aren't aware of Corbin Carroll right now, he's probably the National League MVP outside of Ronald Acuna. What Corbin Carroll has done so far this season, he's hit for average, he's hit for power, and he's wreaked havoc on the base path. And while Dylan Cruz is not the runner that, Corbin Carroll is. I think he has the hit tool, and in my opinion, much, much, much more of a hit tool than Carroll. Dylan Cruz might have the best hit tool entering the MLB draft in quite some time. I couldn't even tell you when. Just from what he did over the last three years at LSU, because when you look at Dylan Cruz, not a lot of people understand how good of a hitter this guy is and how developed he is and how much he has gotten better over the last few years. This season, he had a slash of a 426, 567, and 713. A 713 slug with a 426 batting average. That was a 1280 on-base plus slugging. Not only was he doing that, he had 71 walks to 46 strikeouts this season. That's his first time in his career that he's had more walks than strikeouts. When we saw during the College World Series, a lot of people just yelled to put him on. Because when Dylan Cruz gets up there, more than likely, he's going to get a hit. Statistically, he got a hit 43% of the time in all of his at-bats. And when you put it in that perspective and how this guy can affect a game, you cannot pass on Dylan Cruz. You simply cannot pass on this guy who's going to probably stick in center field. And when a lot of people have said, is he really a center fielder? Is he really the guy that you want to put out there? From what we saw this year, he made catch after catch and play after play. Dylan Cruz is a center fielder, and yes, we do have James Wood. That's fine. 
stick James Wood in right field. Dylan Cruz is probably the more natural center fielder. While he may not have the arm of a James Wood, he certainly has the makeup of it. He's got the speed to cover all the ground in the world out there. And I think that's kind of the underrated aspect of Dylan Cruz's game. Not a lot of people talk about his speed in this scenario. And not a lot of people talk about his power. LMB Pipeline has him as a 60-grade power. Now, a lot of people are like, oh, well, he's just a hit tool. No. Pete Alonzo back then, I believe he had a 60-grade power as well coming into the draft. I'm not saying he's going to be Pete Alonzo, but the more comparable guy as far as power goes, I think would be a Corbin Carroll type or an Alex Bregman back in the day, another LSU guy who was drafted second overall. In the way that the rumors have been going over the last few weeks, if you've been following the MLB draft, a lot of people are anointing to the fact that Dylan Cruz wants to be in Washington, D.C., and he's kind of jacking up the price for the Pittsburgh Pirates at number one so they don't really take him. And honestly, I think if you were to ask the Pirates, they probably look at their system and say, we need an, we need a pitcher. We need a very good generational pitcher. And they did pretty well with Garrett Cole the last time they had that opportunity to take a generational pitcher. Same with the Washington Nationals, though. They took Steven Strasburg. They went on. He used to be a Cy Young candidate, one World Series MVP, and all that fun stuff. But no, Dylan Cruz is the guy this season for the Washington Nationals in my mind. He has to be. You cannot pass on a five-tool talent the way that Dylan Cruz has promised to be. And while just the impact alone and what this guy did for LSU this year, to place him in a lineup with James Wood, with the rest of Lane Thomas, Kibet Ruiz, C.J. Abrams, next year you're looking at an outfield of Lane Thomas in right maybe. James Wood in center or Dylan Cruz in center and the other in left field. That's James Wood, Lane Thomas, and Dylan Cruz. You are instantly one of the best outfields in the National League, in my opinion. Instantly. That is why in the kind of the reach scenario to where Paul Skeens and Dylan Cruz are both there in that situation, the Nationals have to go Dylan Cruz. And while I will not be mad if they were to pass on Dylan Cruz and take Paul Skeens, I would not be upset at all. But considering this, of what Dylan Cruz can be for your Nationals, someone who has stayed healthy, someone who has continued to improve, and also someone that the coaches and everyone has hyped up to be him. Dylan Cruz has to be the national selection at number two overall if he comes and if he is there this coming Sunday because Dylan Cruz has been quoted in the past. He does want to be a Washington national. And as we've seen, as the rumors come out and they continue to come out with Scott Boris being his agent, we know the relationship that Mike Rizzo and the Lerner family have with Scott Boris. And while a lot of people laugh and scoff at that, just look at the guys we've drafted. Most, if not all of them have been Scott Boris guys in recent history and the big free agent signings that we have made have been Scott Boris signings in recent history. Dylan Cruz has to be that five-tool talent that you build around. And a lot of people are going to say, well, don't forget about James Wood. No, no, no. No one's forgetting about James Wood. These guys are very different players. Dylan Cruz is more of a five-tool all-around talent. And while James Wood has that type of production, he's probably going to be more so of a power bat 
and a little bit less of a batting average kind of guy. And that's perfectly fine to have that balance of a Dylan Cruz and a James Wood outfield starting next September, 2024. What that does for this lineup, what that does for this rebuild, it takes that to a whole nother level, a completely different situation. That is why I'm going with Dylan Cruz, and that is why you should be on board to draft Dylan Cruz at number two overall if he is there, and if the Pirates so desperately do pass on him at number one overall. It would be a crazy move, in my opinion, for them to do that and take Paul Skeens. Their loss, not mine. Thank you guys for making Locked On Nationals your first listen every day. The Nationals play the Reds tonight at 6.05 Eastern Time. You can catch that and catch every pitch of the Nats' hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Just search Nationals there. I'll catch you guys on the flip side because tomorrow is July 4th. We got an 11 a.m. start then tomorrow. I always hate those games. 11 a.m. start way too early for a baseball game. Way too early for a baseball game. That's just me, though. I'll catch you guys on the flip side. Thank you guys for making Locked On Nats your first listen. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network where you get your team every day. I'll catch you guys tomorrow. Be safe. Don't blow up any fireworks that you shouldn't be.